Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Okay. I'm in the throes of trying to come up with a gangbusters game for the North Texas RPG Con 2023. And so that's been occupying most of my brain. It's I, I doing a show kind of kind of makes me a little rusty when I come back, if you know what I mean. And I'll talk about that after this. Yeah, so my my brain has been on doing a stage show for like the last four or five weeks. So I, I just get a little rusty and try to get this thing, you know, get this thing going. I'm sure, you know, people have burnout, people get rusty. So I'm trying to get back in the saddle here. So in the meantime, I want to talk about another genre besides fantasy. Let's talk about supers. I like supers. I, I spent 12 years in a champions game. And it was a lot of fun. And many super systems has, have come and gone since. And in my at my age, I favor the simpler ones. I can play. I have no problem playing things like champions. But I'd rather not run. It just exhausts me. Because you got to keep track of a lot of things at once. Which, me, leaves, which leads me to what I want to say about these. The simpler, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Because if you can cut down the, you know, the decisions you have to make for making a character, making NPCs, all that kind of stuff, I love that. I mean, there's a lot of systems out there that are a lot easier. The current Villains and Vigilantes, Mighty Protectors, is pretty good. I've always had a soft spot for Marvel superheroes, Face Rip, what else we got? We've got Heroes Unlimited by Palladium. I have never been able to figure that one out. That just seems like sub subroutines of subroutines, almost like a programming language. Every every single different super has a different uh, you know a different way to go about it. It's almost like an, a game in a game. But some people like it. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to dog on any of these games. It's just and of course champions. Now, I thought at the time Champions was revolutionary because whoever thought of point-by-character creation before? So it had that going for it. But after doing it for so many years, I just get tired. I never ran very many of them, but I played in a lot of them. And it taught me a few things, too, about Supers games. Now, let's talk about the character creation for a minute. Any supers games. There's also one out there called Guardians by Night Owl Workshop that I'm very fond of. And of course, Mutants and Masterminds is great. It was like taking champions and adding a layer, just just reducing it and making it easier to understand. But anyway, what I've learned is, one, <laughs> champions show me how to min-max. Not that I do it, but it showed me how to min-max how to get the most out of your points that you have. And sometimes that's a good thing. 
And sometimes it's not so good a thing. But <laughs> it, it, I'm glad it taught me that. At least it taught me how to recognize it when people were doing it. There are certain games like D&D where I don't want people to min-max. I mean, yeah, it's great. They can get all these pluses, but as long as it's a cohesive whole, as long as it's a, a character, it comes out of the character and not the desire to get the best pluses or all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And so that that made me appreciate it. Let me put it that way. I also learned what a superhero needs for just to be a superhero. I mean, what kind of powers and skills? And I can I can stretch that over any genre because it just these these are the things that I've been taught as far as I guess it, I guess it goes to combat. I don't know, but these are the things that I learned from from champions. What you have to have is three things in a in a in a role playing game: offense, defense, and movement. So if you've got a great big a great big energy blast, but you have nothing to take a hit, then you got a problem. You know, somebody with lucky punch just takes you out. That's not good. You got to be able to, you know, give, take, and move. I've seen this many times in D and D, um, because that's that's what makes the character. That's what rounds out the character right there. Everything else is like extras. Um, what else have I learned from playing champions? Oh, let's see. Don't rely on one thing all the time. Diversify. Diversify your powers a little, or at least figure out ways to use them in a different way. Because, and, you know, like I said, this, I'm talking supers, but this applies to any, any role-playing game genre. You know, you can't do the same thing every time. The GM gets bored, and the, and you get bored. You know, I hit it with my axe. I hit it with my axe. I hit him with the energy blast. I hit him with the energy blast. Ah, nah, 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 nah. Oh man, that that is one way to kill. That that's a way to kill a game. That's a way to kill your interest in a game. A game. Period. I mean, any role playing game. I've heard of people. I've known. I've heard and known people who have left role playing because of things like this. And to me, that's bad GMing. But also, it's bad playing because you can't you can't be a one trick pony. You really can't. Um, maybe the villains can, but you can't. As a player, player character, you can't be a one trick pony because it just gets boring, you know. And if they find a way to circumvent that, and that's all you got, that's a problem, right there. Now, as far as creating creating scenarios for supers. This is where the exhaustion comes in, at least in Champions. Might not be in other games. Probably Marvel Facer probably the easiest one, but uh, you've got your NPCs. You cannot, with a couple of exceptions, you can't have, you can't have MOOC NPCs as far as like, you know, Squads of orcs, bunches of goblins, things like that. 
because you're running up against like major supervillain teams that all have to be crafted. They all have to be crafted by themselves. Now, like I said, there are some systems that make it real easy. Some that, some that like champions, it's hard to do. So, but when I said there are exceptions, what I'm thinking about is the average field agent out there. You know, there, there, was a, there was a champion supplement that I really like called Super Agents. And it dealt with more the ground level, not so powerful because of equipment type. You're talking about a shield agent, basically, pretty much. And they get equipped, as do the villain organizations. They have them too, get equipped. And that's what they got to fight it. They know... And also, those agencies know how, how far they can go to contain a situation without having to call in any supers. That's, that's, a real, that's a real big point right there. I mean, Nick Fury knows he can only do so much with his team. And so that's when he, that's when he gets on the horn and calls Cap or somebody like that. So... You've got that. So that is, that is to me, the exception where you have field agents like that who are sort of powerful. They've got some guns. They've got armor. You know, they can handle maybe a street-level villain, but anything really big, they can't do that. There's also DC heroes, which I find fascinating. I don't exactly really know the system, but I remember having a copy of it back in the day. I don't know what happened to it, but I do have a copy of The Blood of Heroes, which is also out of print. Blood of Heroes is basically DC heroes with the numbers filed off because they even, even on the first page, they credit the system from Mayfair Games, who used to make DC heroes. So... Uh, which funny, funny little tidbit of information um, that TSR got the Marvel license to do it after they couldn't get the DC license. So you almost had like face rip Superman, face rip Batman. I'm not saying you can't do it now. I mean, I've seen websites that, that write them up like that, but it, it could have been the default setting. That's just a bit tricky there. Now, coming up with games, there's a lot of things you can do besides fighting supervillains in the street. And it, to me, it's, it's just, it takes about as much brain power as any other type of game, a D&D game, plus. I mean, aside from what I said about the NPCs. So... If you take the NPCs out of it, actually, if you if you have the, the villain, if you look at the villains and see what they can do and see how you want to play them, it's actually a little easier at times because if you've already got these villains with established personalities, and a lot of them come that way, you can you can you can come up with a game standing on your head. I'm not suggesting that, but you know, you do you, I'll do me. Anyway, um, coming up with a supers game to me, if I ha- didn't have to deal with the supers, 
and it'd be better. But you can come up with the same thing, and it's all city-based. I have trouble coming up with anything that has to do with real life. That's the problem with me. What I mean is I can come up with a fantasy world and adventures easier if it wasn't dealing with real life. I can even come up with pulp, you know, pulp uh, scenarios easier than modern-day stuff. Uh and, and, you know, I know you can just take them like ripped out of the headlines. What's going on now? How do I work that into a game? That That's a good source right there. It's just that I never think about that. I'm always afraid of getting too political anyway. I hate politics. I really hate politics. So, but that's... <laughs> never mind the editorial opinion. But anyway, so coming up with a supers game is a bit of a stretch for me. But if I break it down in my head, say, okay, here's a start point, here's an end point, what do we want to do in between? And it's the whole thing of, again, you're planning on something that may or may not happen because the players have their own ideas. The player characters have their own ideas. They want they want to come up with something and some, and like I said, a lot of times it's better than what you have. But I also feel it's a little hard to a little harder to improv. If you're doing a super supers game, especially one as rigid as champions, because you have to you have to be able to you know stop, you turn on a dime basically because of what the what the players do. I mean, I love doing that in D and D, but D and D also D and D. I can just throw stuff together. I can get stats for monsters and a dun, a dungeon layout and go. You know, I can come up, like, like I said, I can come up with something on the way to the game if I have to. Supers, it's a little more difficult. But let's talk about that for a minute. How do you come up with a Supers game? The same way you come up with any other game. You you come up with a great, a good premise and then break it down into scenes or encounters or whatever you want to call call them and just watch the look at the look on the piece of paper what's the rising action because drama is like rising action to climax and then a denouement in other words you know happily ever after not really but you know the ending type thing epilogue whatever you want to call it so you've got you've got that and that's that's what you should do um, and once again, you plan, I plan so many encounters an hour, but I try to make it have some kind of logical progression. And if the players go off on some tangent somewhere else, either I got to figure out a way to naturally lead them back, not railroad, naturally lead them back or go their direction and see where it goes. Not, not ignoring what you've already done, I'm saying, just you know, be aware you're going in this direction. You might want to keep in the back of your mind, well, what's going to happen over here when I, that I come up with while they're doing that type of thing, which gives you a whole a whole other, like, viewpoint on it, which I find very interesting because then you can, you know, you can actually either save them for the next time or just ad-lib your way into into whatever you're doing into that. You know, this is this is a whole tennis match puzzle thing with me. I like the, I, I when I'm at the table, I like the puzzle. 
that they're going to throw an odd piece out there. I'll make it fit. I'll figure out how to make it fit. Don't you worry about that. It's just a little more nerve-wracking in Champions. I watched the Aaron Bretts run a 4th edition Champions game. I've told you about this before. In North Texas. And he said afterwards he had to take a two-hour nap. I was sitting right next to him. Steve Perrin was on my other side, and I was talking to him. He's a good. He was a good friend. Still, I mean, still, he's no longer with us, but he's still a good friend. But you know, I was watching him. I wasn't looking behind the screen or something, but I, I was watching him shuffle papers all through the thing, all through the the, the session. Him trying to keep on, you know, him trying to keep on top of things, and he made me tired watching him. I mean, I really felt for him, and I looked at him and go, was that what it was like? Really? Oh, my goodness. I'm glad I don't do this. I don't run this anymore. But, you know, your mileage may vary. So if you're going to do a Supers game, think about those things. Uh, characters, offense, defense, and movement. Also, in, like in Champions, there's disadvantages in there for a reason. Disadvantages are you got to make some kind of weakness with this character. If nothing else, that gives uh, that gives the uh, gem plot hooks. But you got to do that. You got to remember to do that for the villains too. And it can be just a psychological thing. It doesn't even have to be written down as disadvantages. Although if you're going to get points for it, you might as well write it down. If you're playing champ, I keep going back to champions, but there are more simpler ones out there. But just, you know, think about their personality and what are the strengths and flaws of that character. Okay? All right, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com or drop a voicemail on. Uh, I wanted to say anchor, but... <laughs> Drop me a voicemail on Spotify for podcasters. Single don. Uh, by the way, we're monetized, so as little as ninety-nine cents a month, you too can help support this program. I would thank you. And single donations go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com/slash/oldmangrognard, or my PayPal chip jar, paypal.me.com. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Suarez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much. For other good podcasts, Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandit's Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.